Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to After Hours with Defoe and Luby. I'm Jeff DeForest along with Mike Luby Lubitz. Very happy to have you with us on this edition of the program on the Believe Podcast Networks. And it was through our affiliation, I guess it was a friendship with the guy that was running Believe at the time, that we first came in touch with this gentleman. And we yes, were thinking, uh, yeah, yeah, I remember that guy. He was with the Marlins. Yep. And, of course, he was with the uh, 97 Marlins World Championship team. So he has a World Series ring, which uh, puts him ahead uh, of a lot of great players, right? Even the great Ernie Banks uh, yep. can't make that claim. Played so many years uh, in the infield there for the Chicago Cubs. Uh, we welcome to the show. And uh, a football analyst extraordinaire. Yeah, he's great. Uh, with his uh, own podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Yes, we sir. welcome to the show. And uh, was a star quarterback at LSU as well. Uh, the great Josh Booty joins us here on the program. Josh, uh, you, you have to be absolutely uh, salivating. Oh, How the hell do you steal a guy from Notre Dame who's in the playoff hunt? Yeah, I mean, uh, of what's happening. Uh, yeah, how crazy was that? Uh, Brian Kelly, uh, that came out of nowhere. Uh, well, what were your thoughts about the whole process? Well, we were super excited when, uh, or I was, I think some of the LSU faithful was hoping that Lincoln Riley would end up in Baton Rouge. And then when he decided to take the USC job, everybody wondered what, who was going to be next. And then I know Napier was one of the guys, the, the great coach from ULL that ended up at Florida was on our short list. And as well, uh, our, our AD, Scott Woodward, did a good job, I think, in, in bringing in Brian Kelly. No one... No one even thought that Brian Kelly would probably be interested at LSU, you know, to take the LSU job. But a chance to win a national championship was uh, something that I think Brian Kelly saw that the opportunity was there at LSU. Last three coaches at LSU won national championships. Saban, Les Miles, Orgeron all won That's national true. titles in the last, you know, 15 to 20 years, last couple decades. So the opportunity is there at LSU, you know, because of all the talent. We don't have to recruit. Uh, against a school in our state like most of the SEC programs or the other SEC big programs that have done so well in the past. When you think about, you know, Florida has to recruit against Florida State and Miami and Auburn has to go up against Alabama and Georgia has Georgia Tech and South Carolina's got Clemson and, you know, we, we... Mississippi State has Ole Miss. If you go across the board, Texas A&M has Texas and another eight schools they have to recruit against. But LSU doesn't have a big program in the state, so we control the state. And if we can control the state, then we'll have a great program because of the athletes in the state of Louisiana. We heard a uh, rumor that Touchdown Jesus was uh, rolling over <laughs> in, in disgust. I mean, 
<laughs> All right. I mean, uh, I was a big Eddie O fan. I, I, yeah. I thought, uh, well, I don't know. Was it really the chancellor's wife uh, that he was uh, in bed with? I mean, how did that, how did the break down all of a sudden? Because uh, the guy had just won a championship two years ago. And uh, you, you could kind of put a line through the uh, you know previous season with the COVID nineteen and all the funky ways that college football was contested last year, and uh, you know it wasn't great this year. But did you think his number was up or should have been for just uh, strictly football protocol? And uh, are, are you happy about Brian Kelly being the coach? It sounds like you are, Josh Booty. Yeah, I'm super happy. I think he brings stability. I think that's one thing that Orgeron Orgeron is a great recruiter, first and foremost, and. You know, he had a, a great run two years ago when Burrow and that bunch won the national championship. But if you look at that staff he had put together, Joe Brady did a great job, you know, engineering the offense. And Dave Aranda, who's doing an unbelievable job at Baylor, uh, did a great job with the defense that season. And we had so many star players, uh, especially at the skill positions on, on offense. We had a loaded wide receiver group and our running back Clyde Edwards Hilaire who was a first rounder with Andy Reid and the Chiefs. I mean, we had all the all the weapons at, at Brady's disposal and that looked really good on paper for Orgeron. The last two seasons when we didn't have that senior you know, that, that junior and senior leadership at that level, uh, you know, we went five hundred and, and L S U does not want to go five hundred in and uh you know in a season. I mean they five five or six wins is not cutting it. And I think Orgeron just didn't bring the, the type of stability uh, inside the building that LSU really needed. And, you know, we've got a lot of characters down there, uh, you know, in the locker room, and you have to be able to bring them, bring it all together. And I think that's one thing that Brian Kelly does a good job. It's discipline, it's stability, it's the way he coaches, his character, uh, you know, day in, day out. Uh, Orgeron's a great football guy, and he's been around football for many, many years, but he's not the leader that Brian Kelly is, uh, you know, overall leader that Brian Kelly is. So I think it's a, a step up for us in that regard, and I think Brian Kelly, you know, we've seen him, uh, you know, recruit well as well. I mean, he's got a top-five class in Notre Dame this year. Yep. He had a, a top-five class already in line for next year at Notre Dame so the guy can recruit. And, uh, you know, there's so much talent in Louisiana. If he can get down there and get close to those high school football coaches and they love him, then he's going to be able to do really, really well at LSU because we know he can coach. It's just uh, a matter of getting those players in the building. We're talking about the LSU Tigers legend, also World Series champion with the then Florida Marlins, uh, Josh Booty. He uh, has his own podcast here on Believe. Uh, check him out at Believe Podcast. Also himself on Twitter, at Josh Booty 10 All right, Josh, the one black mark on these moves we've seen, the big move, Lincoln Riley, OU to USC, Brian Kelly, Notre Dame, to LSU has been, quote-unquote, how they left. Look, we're going to be upset when our coaches, our people leave, whether it's business or in life, right? Okay, fine. But a lot of the time, how they leave can sort of soften the blow. You were a player. You went through different you were with Saban, you've had different coaches. Would it matter how they left? Like, would you just be upset regardless? Because a lot of the people are saying the way Lincoln Riley left was really bad and the way Brian Kelly left was sort of eh. Like, take off your, I'm an LSU fan hat, put back, you played in college, you played in the pros. What are your thoughts when you hear these players? And it's players. Players are coming out complaining about how both these coaches left. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the one thing that uh, is good about uh, the transfer portal is that if these players 
don't like the new coach that comes in, they can transfer now. Yeah. And I don't really, I've never been a fan of the transfer portal, the rule, but mm. I think if your coach leaves and goes like Lincoln Riley, if I'm in Oklahoma, now these kids have a chance to go and play somewhere else. They can follow him there if he wants them to follow him, you know, to SC uh, in that, in that case. But I, I think as a player, uh, if that transfer portal wasn't there, I would be really upset because that would put me in a, in a bad situation. My dad was at Arkansas back in the 70s, and he was a throwing quarterback, and their coach went to the NFL, Gibbs, uh, Joe Gibbs, and uh, that group. And so they came in and ran the uh, wing tee or something oh, the next geez. year. My dad, he had to transfer because they it was a total different scheme. And so these kids, they uh, you know they want to find a place that, that works for them, but that transport portal, portal allows them to do that. And so yeah. that's a big deal for kids that lose their coaches. I, you know, so it's not the end of the world. It's just you hate to see uh, you know, college football kind of you – know, it's like the Jalen Hurts thing or the Justin Fields thing. If it doesn't fit, you got to make moves. So I know uh, uh, the kid at Oklahoma, Spencer Rattler. Rattler, yeah lost his job in the middle of the year, and now he's going to transfer. Bo Nix just came out yesterday, the Auburn quarterback. He's going to transfer. Oh, wow. Now, you you know, these these schools that uh, – top-tier schools, if they don't have a QB, they can they can grab someone out of the transfer portal because there's three or four top-notch quarterbacks every year that are making moves just because, uh, you know, the quarterback room is stockpiled at some of these universities. And, you know, at Alabama and Ohio State and Florida and LSU, I mean, we got Burrow through the transfer portal. He won a national championship. So, uh, you know, it's good for a lot of programs. Josh Booty has his own podcast on Believe Podcast Network, the old Tug McGraw Network. you got to believe. And uh, turn us on to the whole thing. Uh, with us here on After Hours with Defoe and Luby, Jeff DeForest and Mike Luby Lubitz. Yes, sir. Now, we have a little background on this, and I know the denial has already been issued. Final thing on the uh, coaches here, then we want to get into these games with you. But uh, – uh, many years ago, I, I believe it was uh, circa 2000, I want to say like 2008, I was on my way to the Kentucky Derby, and uh, on the way back, we were driving. These guys were afraid to fly that I was with, uh, which was a very arduous uh, trip, like 17 hours. So we stop in Micanope, Florida. I don't know if uh, at any time when you were playing the Gators, I don't know, uh, I would imagine you played a game with the Swamp. If you swung over to Micanope, Florida, which was uh, the marijuana capital of the world and also known for the Cafe Risqué. A uh, topless diner, which uh, was also like a strip club. So, so a, a lady serving us pancakes. Uh, pancakes. She's wearing pasties and a g-string, and she whispers in my ear, and I think I'm getting a friction dance for free, along with the maple syrup. And uh, sure enough, she says, "Urban Meyer's going to go to Notre Dame." All right. So now that turned out to be not quite correct. Uh, he did eventually fake a nervous breakdown and, and end up uh, at Ohio State, <laughs> which he also found his way out of somehow. But uh, now with Jacksonville, uh, the denial's been issued. Is Urban Meyer going to be the next Notre Dame head coach? They I, just I announced their coach yesterday. Oh, they did. The uh, defensive coordinator Marcus Freeman's going to take. Do you over. believe that he's really going to be the coach, or is Urban Meyer somehow <laughs> going to work his way into that job? Because I, I think that woman was right, that, that woman with the pasties and the G-string, Josh Booty. I talked to one of my good friends who's a Notre Dame enthusiast, and he you know, he was very excited about Freeman getting the job. I, I don't know about that hire because I don't know Freeman personally. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a big job, and it's hard to recruit there because of the academic standards at Notre Dame. And I think that's why Brian Kelly wanted the opportunity to coach in the SEC and coach. Yep. Uh, you know, against some of the best coaches in the world in the SEC and in that side of the division with Jimbo and Saban and K 
Kiffin and the group that's in the West and in the SEC. But I think the, stand, the academic standards at Notre Dame are very, very high. And it yep. makes it very difficult to get a lot of the players that they might want to recruit. And so Freeman's got a big job ahead of him. Notre Dame's always going to be in the top 10, top 15 programs in the country. And, and they've had some good years uh, in the last three or four. I mean, they've been to the bowl championship playoff, the yeah. playoffs uh, to I think 2018 and 2020. So they're right there on the cusp. It's just can he can he do the things that Brian Kelly was doing recruiting, and can he coach them up, and especially on offense because he's a defensive guy. Who are they gonna? What are they gonna do on offense at Notre Dame? Okay, Josh. So I know we have the SEC championship this weekend, but Defoe and I, and it's funny we don't lament over college football so much as our teams in Florida aren't great, but. And we know you have a different sentiment for Nick Saban. You played under him. We've joked about how we feel about Nick Saban. But I have to ask, as a player, as you're watching that, the game, the Iron Bowl last week, Alabama's down the entire game. Auburn literally just has to do a few things right and will bleed the clock out. You're a former quarterback. You're watching the running back on second down, run out of bounds, and then on third down, run a third and one from the shotgun that loses four yards. And then magically a defense, which had been unstoppable all day, as Diva likes to call, became a sieve. What was your reaction to last week's Auburn-Alabama game as you're sitting there watching that game unfold? Yeah, it was an awesome game because no one puts Alabama on the ropes like that and then to have their rival give Saban all he wanted. I think when you get in a situation at the end of the game but with a guy like Bryce Young, you give him four downs. It's like that in the NFL too because these quarterbacks and offenses are so good. You give them an extra down to go down the field. Uh, it makes a big difference. It's a big, big difference. The percentages go way up to get yeah. first downs, right, to move chains because yeah. you get four downs opposed to three. So I think that's a big that's a big part of it too is that you can move the football, you play a little bit more free, you keep their defense out on the field because you're in a hurry up mode of uh, of offense in that in that situation, and so. You know, it's likely that offenses move the ball better at the end of games than they do during the regular course of a game. So, you know, it's, Alabama's got all the weapons in the world. That's a rivalry game. Anything can happen. We've seen Auburn knock Bama off of its uh, pedestal a couple of times when Bama had way better teams just because of that rivalry game and that home field advantage is so big in, the, uh, in that game. But uh, it, it was fun to watch. You know, Auburn – did a couple of things wrong there before Alabama got the ball. You mentioned it, but these kids are college kids. And when yeah. there's that much excitement and hype at the end of a game, kids don't make, they don't process things like guys do in the NFL. So, and they haven't been in those situations. So to run out of bounds and to stop the clock instead of fall down, you know, right on the perimeter before he runs out of bounds is a big deal. And they don't understand that. Even if they get coached that, oh, wow. uh, they've probably only been told that once or twice, you know, and yeah. they don't think it through. And so it's a it's a different situation for a 19, 20-year-old kid than it is a, a guy that's been around the league or a running back in the NFL. They're, they're taught that day in, day out with all the different things that they're getting taught at the pro level. Josh Booty with us here on After Hours with Defoe and Luby, Jeff DeForest, and Mike Luby Lubitz on the Believe Podcast Network. A couple of more things, uh, Josh, and I always appreciate having you on the show, and I would imagine it's going to be fascinating, your own podcast, uh, with all of these uh, great games on tap. Uh, uh, how much, and you know him uh, as well as anybody, having played for uh, Nick Saban, uh, as Luby mentioned there, when he was coaching at LSU when you were quarterbacking there. Uh, but did it not look like he was under heavy sedation after the ball game? <laughs> he was happy. It's I, rare I've to never see that seen happy. a guy, I mean, uh, 
normally he's throwing headsets and cursing at people. Yelling at the media. All of a sudden, it's like, uh, hey, Nick, what about that one? He said, yeah, wasn't that a doozy? <laughs> like he was going to light up a cigarette and go into a song. Yeah, I mean, exactly. It was amazing. I saw, uh, yeah, I saw his wife, Terry, and him in the uh, – you know, down under the tunnel of the stadium after the game, and they gave each other a long, long hug, and I think it was just a relief for him to win that ball game. I'm actually in Atlanta for the SEC championship game. I just got here yesterday, and I'm excited about this Georgia-Bama matchup. I think it's going to be one for the ages. It could be. They've had several big-time games where these two programs line up and play, but Georgia's got probably the best defense I've seen in in quite some time in college football, and Alabama – you know, always finds a way to uh, win ball games. So this game's going to be – it should be a, a real dandy. Logic would dictate that after struggling, staggering around there for 58 minutes and change against the Auburn defense, uh, however good they may be, that uh, there's no way that the uh, Alabama Crimson Tide are going to have success going against a Georgia defense, uh, which, I mean, this isn't Bill Clinton approaching Monica Lewinsky <laughs> in, in the Oval <laughs> Office. I mean, they're hard to score on. There's no question about yeah. that. Uh, so uh, what are your thoughts? I mean, uh, six and a hook is the line, and I think a lot of that is uh, just out of flat-out respect for Nick Saban uh, coming yeah. up big in these spots. And he's owned Kirby Smart, I think, 3-0 and against Kirby Smart. Uh, beat uh, Georgia when they were heavily favored or, yeah. or favored uh, once before. That might have been the last time Bama was an underdog like, yep, it was. in, in uh, 1908. <laughs> and uh, so, so what do you think? I mean, uh, the dynamic uh, would have to – I'm thinking Georgia rolls over these guys. But, uh, and, you know, they were threatened by Florida also. And, yep. and Georgia's been winning games in a runaway since they opened up with that 10-3 win over Clemson. Yeah, you know, Florida outgained them in that game uh, in Jacksonville. They play that game in Jacksonville every year, and it's a rivalry game, too. Anything can happen. Uh, you know, these two have matched up a ton. Saban's only lost one game to a former assistant. I yeah, think it was this year. He's like 21-1, and one, and it was this year to Jimbo yep. uh, against A&M. I think Bama's offensive line scares me a little bit. They're not as dominant as they have been in the past, uh, and their run D uh, is not as good as it has been in the past. So that concerns me a little bit, but – if you look at the quarterback position, which is the most important position on the field, Alabama's quarterback is tons better than Georgia's quarterback, and he's more capable to do stuff outside the pocket and uh, you know make some unbelievable plays. So I think Bryce Young is the X factor in the game. Can he do what he wants to do on offense? Can they get the ball to the receivers? Can they run the ball against Georgia to help themselves a little bit and, and, and have better situations down and distance-wise than than uh, you know, some of the other teams have been able to do against Georgia. Georgia's schedule wasn't as hard, wasn't near as hard uh, as Bama's this season as well. So I think you know that could bode well for the Tide just because they played a, a tougher, tougher schedule. Uh, it's not even close. So you know, I'm I'm thinking Bama's going to show up to play. Saban's never you know never out down and out. I mean, we saw it last week. They were down the entire ball game and pulled that one out. I think it's going to be one heck of a game. Georgia is a better defense by far, uh, but Alabama has some players on defense that yeah. um, are as good as any that Georgia has. So it's, it's going to be fun to watch. You must have uh, lit up. Uh, your eyes must have lit up when you were at LSU, uh, Josh Booty, and uh, you saw that the other team late in the ball game was going into the Red Sea defense. <laughs> 
which is uh, seemingly uh, what, what Auburn did in that ball game uh, with a minute and change left on the clock. All right, uh, one more thing, if you don't mind, Josh Booty, uh, great to have you with us. Uh, I know it's uh, very football intensive here uh, with the college games on tap, and of course you got Michigan and Iowa, and we'll see if Michigan bounces off that big win uh, against uh, Ohio State and, and struggles in this ball game. That that would certainly be ironic for Jim Harbaugh and his redemption yep. as the Michigan coach. But uh, the baseball salaries uh, that are being tossed around right now. Uh, do you wish like we did uh, and have throughout our lives that we were born in a different time? Because <laughs> <laughs> you can hit 225 here. You can be barely above the Mendoza line and end up with like uh, seven years, $170 million. It's kind of crazy. And then the final thing would be, uh, has uh, the MVP award to Bryce Harper proven that he is not more overrated than the Stone Crab? <laughs> I think Bryce Harper is a great player, and it's sure is one of the best hitters in baseball, and one of the best power hitters we've seen come through the big leagues in the last 20 years. I mean, the guy's phenomenal talent. I think that the you know what we saw Scherzer's deal with the Mets, three years, 130. I think the highest yeah. paid Major League Baseball player, maybe the highest paid athlete in professional American sports. Uh, it's just amazing the money that these guys are making, uh, you know, in baseball and. It's crazy to think how much the coaches are making in college football and how much the players are making in Major League Baseball. The managers in Major League Baseball are making a third of what uh, some of these college football coaches are making. They're coaching 162 games a season. They're managing, yeah. you know, I guess is how you would say it, in baseball. So I think it's, it, that's, it's just the, the world's crazy right now. These guys are making <laughs> so much money in, in Major League Baseball. and you got to go get it. If you're a player, you want to – you want to try to go get it while the getting is good. I think yep. these, these uh, salaries are only going up, and it's just because of, I guess, the TV contracts and and the things that uh, you know that that baseball presents to to its players. But uh, it, the deals are just incredible, man. I mean, that Trout's deal was incredible, and and this Scherzer deal is just out Oof. of this world. But the you got guys. Baseball is a different deal, a different game now than it was when, when I played. I mean, they're running guys in. They're throwing 95, 96, 97, 98, like left and right. And, uh, you know, it's just very, very tough to uh, to hit for an average in the big leagues these days. You get a lot of guys that hit for power and strike out a lot, and it's just the, the nature of the game now because the pitching is, is so much different than it was, you know, 20 years ago. Bobby Bonilla is the only guy smiling, right, from the past. He's still getting paid by the Mets at like a million a year. Josh, always a pleasure. Uh, enjoy the championship game. Uh, we'd love to have you on uh, sometime next week and recap some of the things good. that happened. Yeah, that'd so, be great. Uh, thanks so much for being with us, as always. Uh, it's always great to talk to you, my friend. Thanks for having me, guys. Y'all have a wonderful week. Uh, be well, Josh. Thanks, man. One euphoric Josh Booty. Yeah, oof. well, I said it to him when we got him on. I'm like, how happy are you? I'm like, only you guys steal a coach from Notre Dame, which has never happened, during a playoff hunt. Like, they're about, they might be in the playoffs. <laughs> a woman had a rather shapely breast, as I recall, there at the uh, Cafe Risque. <laughs> I would hope so. You're going to tell me she still isn't right about Urban Meyer? It's wrong. They went with uh, their defensive Bird, I think, Freeman. won the Derby in 2008. Okay. So what is this, like 13 years later, I'm still yes. hanging on to this tip that I got? Yeah, you uh, love it. Inside information. <laughs> I don't think it's right. <laughs> oh, so we didn't talk about it at all this morning yeah. on our Ion show. Is the MLB's in a lockout? Have you heard yes. this? Yes, yeah. I mean, that was anticipated. Yeah, but come on. There no one cares that they exist at all as it is. There doesn't seem to be overwhelming acrimony, though. There is some okay. optimism that uh, these issues will be resolved, whatever they are. I don't know how anybody could complain. Why would you want to? Uh, well, even if the owners were screwing you, I mean, just completely, uh, like a thousand percent, 
Yeah. When you have a guy uh, that's, uh, like I said, a guy's hitting 265 and he's good for $15 million a year on a, like a 10-year deal. Yep. It's nuts. I mean, uh, the money that's being tossed around. I, I, I don't know. I mean, if that's indentured servitude, uh, go ahead and enslave me, I guess. <laughs> so you would have to say it. It's kind of nuts. And, uh, you know, we'll issue the disclaimer on that. I know. I didn't mean that in any kind of negative <laughs> I, know, I know. It was a joke. Passion at all. Slavery's bad. All right. Uh, let me give you a, uh, a real tip here on, yes. on insurance, right? Let's if you're trying it. to identify the most affordable uh, health insurance, uh, finding health insurance can be complicated. HST, these are our good friends from the ION channel. Yes, sir. Uh, they can help you, whether you're looking for yourself or your family. They have a plan uh, just for you. Our trusted advisors can find a plan that meets your needs. Call today at 855-282-8022, 855-282-8022. I didn't realize that J.J. Reddick had gotten completely under the skin of uh, was great. Stephen A. Smith. What happened? They what had him on. He's retired, and you know he was big with pod. If you didn't know, he, even when he was playing, he's he had a podcast. Yeah. He had a podcast that was doing really well. So now I guess he's like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just gonna do the media thing. And they had him on the schmanktum that uh, Stephen A. kicked Max Kellerman off, and he was one of the other people. And he, unlike Michael Irvin, who they'll fight with Stephen A. But they jab. Yeah. He lost it. I forgot what it was about, but it was something that Stephen A. went too far about NBA players calling Steph soft or someone soft. LeBron. I think it was about LeBron. And Stephen A. likes LeBron, too, so I don't know what it was. But J.J. Uh, Reddick lost. He's like, you know how hard it is to defend LeBron James? Like, I took a charge once, and I couldn't walk for a week. And they <laughs> went at it. Like, they went nice. at it. It was great. And he was pissed. Like, I loved it. All right. So uh, some of that, uh, you know, it's not exactly Jerry Springer, right? Uh, Reddick uh, was serious. Uh, Reddick was, Reddick was serious. Uh, I remember uh, when he first came into the league. The uh, uh, Heat had a, a guy named Randy Fund who would come from L.A. as a general manager with Pat Riley. And that was a longtime uh, Riley confidant. And I remember asking about J.J. Reddick, who could shoot, flat-out shoot in college uh, when he was at Duke. I mean, he's one of the all-time leading scorers there. And uh, I asked him, hey, hey would uh, anybody take a chance on drafting J.J. Reddick? And he said, well, who's he going to guard? <laughs> okay. That was his comment. And, uh, you know, I mean, what, 20 years uh, of career later, you're, you're yeah, asking exactly. yourself, uh, I mean, who cares? Exactly. Maybe that's why Randy was yeah, he wasn't much longer. I mean, he had a long, successful career. <laughs> he was, was a really good guy. I want to make that well, qualification uh, also. All right, uh, that, that's a lot of fun having Josh Booty on the program there. Uh, it was good to hear his enthusiasm for uh, the hire of Brian Kelly. A lot of people were trashing that and, and saying that uh, literally he, he had gone from uh, the sanctimony of Notre Dame to the ultimate sleazebag <laughs> school, Louisiana State, which will stop at nothing. Yeah. Did they really have to let the last guy go at Ocheron because he was sleeping with the chancellor's wife? That, that was supposedly in there. It's funny that you know that. I had to hear that from the professor. He, he hears all this stuff. You're the chancellor at Louisiana State University. You come home after a nice, uh, you know, redfish dinner and, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> Baton Rouge somewhere, red stick, and, uh, you know, there, there's your wife. Yeah, no, no. That's Sleeping not with an Ocheron, and when he tries to explain what he's doing, you can't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> It was a cartoon character called Mumbles. So yes, a long time we ago, know Mumbles. A bunch of cargo uh, cartoons. Uh, yeah, very much uh, indicative of <laughs> the kind of uh, stuff you would hear from uh, Ed Ogeron. All right, uh, that'll do it for us. Uh, for Mike Luby Lubitz, it's uh, been a pleasure being with you on the Believe Podcast Network. Our thanks to our guest today, Josh Booty. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow with more stuff on After Hours with Defoe and Luby. I must make a business decision. More after this. 
recently realized it's not just hurricane season that can hurt us. Any time of year, things can happen to your home or business. And the insurance company can be your friend, but they also can be your enemy. Horizon Public Adjusters, Justina Testa, are here for you to help this process go so much easier. Before you call the insurance company, call Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa at 954-809-8752. Would you go into court without an attorney? So why would you go up against an insurance company without Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa? Seven to 10 times more money recovered with a public adjuster than if you went on your own. If there's no recovery, there's no fee, give them a call at 954-809-8752. Why go up against insurance companies alone when you can have Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa on your side? State of Florida versus Casey Marie Anthony. We, the jury, find the defendant not guilty. The law, my boy, puts us into everything. It's the ultimate backstage pass. Four person charging the defendant Aaron Hernandez. What say you, Madam Four person? Guilty. Just the facts, ma'am. We, the jury, find the defendant Orenthal James Simpson not guilty. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Do you solemnly swear to tell the truth, hold you that nothing but the truth? It is funny just how raw with hypocrisy sports are. But today the focus is college football, specifically coaches. Reality is, we all look for the better job. That usually means more money, more benefits, more freedom, more resources, and growth. So how can any of us begrudge other grown adults for taking on better opportunities? We can't. However, I don't think there is anything wrong with asking for consistency. Coaches preach every day to their future players and current players loyalty and character. This seems extremely hypocritical at this point, as we've seen year after year coaches not be loyal or have character when it comes to themselves. Leaving for a better opportunity on its own isn't inherently disloyal or immoral, but the manner you handle your departure speaks to both those virtues. When someone leaves our life, We are hurt, confused, frustrated, sad, bitter, emotional, regardless of how they live. However, face-to-face conversations where actual time is taken gives the goodbye more weight and reaffirms some sense of loyalty and character. Coaches rarely do that. The second a great opportunity is agreed upon, the old group is in the rear view, hence the massive hypocrisy. Luby's Law for today is, by now most of us have realized coaches are just salespeople that say what they need to say to close the deal. Then move on to the next one. It is time for words like loyalty and character to leave their lexicon. They don't give a damn about their players, so why not just leave it there? It is time for players to demand more from their coaches upfront and hold these coaches accountable for their nonsense. The transfer portal is a good start. I look forward for more players and more player empowerment to take action against these coaches and hold them accountable for their insensitivity, their disloyalty, and their honestly lack of character going forward. This is Luby's Law. Play the ponies in style at Champions, the outstanding simulcasting room at beautiful Hylia Park. Yes, the grand old lady of thoroughbred racing has never been more vibrant, and you can wager on the races from the top tracks around the country while enjoying a cocktail at the Brass Rail Bar or any of the fine food served throughout the facility. If poker is your game, you're covered in style. And you can play all your favorite Vegas-style games, including blackjack, craps, and roulette in Hylia Park's sizzling hot casino. Get a player's card when you walk through the door for all kinds of generous amenities, including our favorite, free play. 
when you come out to the ultimate casino and entertainment destination, highly apart. Since day one of Old School, we've had Catholic Health Services be part of our family. They are recognized as the quintessential rehab facility in the southeast for strokes. But it goes well beyond strokes because Catholic Health Services is in the community of South Florida to help the community stay healthy. And if they're not healthy, get them healthy and get them back on their feet quicker than they could have ever expected. They do it every single day. It's step and repeat 24-7 Catholic Health Services. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.